おはようございます。よろしくお願いします。Good morning.I I must admit it, it's a, if I get up to my first slide there.Okay.It、uh, is a bit disconcerting for me、uh, today to realize that some of you probably just showed up to see what I would be wearing.And <coughs> I have no one but myself to blame for that. Uh, last time I spoke, I talked about the power of contextualization for missionaries, and I went really bold that Sunday and wore my shirts not tucked in. It was a big step of faith for me. As far as I know, no pictures have gotten back to Japan so far, so my reputation is still good there. Then last week, we're, I'm wearing a Japanese yukata, or kind of a, a robe, you would call it, a wooden shoes. And so I'm not quite to the stage that I can rock Crocs like Jonathan. But、uh, I wanted to take it to a new level today, being the missionary fashionista that I am. So、uh, I now, for the first time, preaching jeans and cowboy boots. Okay? I am evolving. And where we'll end up, no one knows. But、uh, anyway, I am getting used to being in America, and it is my delight to、uh, share the Word of God with you this morning. Now, I, I must confess. <coughs> Over the next few weeks of、uh, sharing, I'll be talking about Japan quite a bit.、Uh, I spent almost my entire adulthood in Japan, so you're going to be hearing stories in Japan, words in Japan.、Uh, it's all I've got, sorry. But、uh, just bear、uh, in mind that when I went to Japan, I told Texas stories a lot when I went there. But speaking of Japan, <clears throat> I want to teach you a Japanese word this morning. I think it's a word you already know, but let's, let's make sure. And it is the word karaoke. Karaoke. Okay. You know what it is. Karaoke. Oh, that hurt my ears. Okay. Karaoke is karaoke. And、uh, some of you have heard my first experience in karaoke、uh, when Rowena and I were invited to be the guest of a Japanese businessman's. They had a party, and we were the guest of honor, and they're doing karaoke, and they thought it'd be fun. To have the foreigner get up there and sing for them, and they now don't do that anymore. But、uh, that was an experience they and I would like to forget. But I have other experiences of karaoke, and one that stands out in my mind particularly is when Rowena and I were doing relief work following the great earthquake and tsunami about a dozen years ago. And we were going from temporary housing place to temporary housing place, and one team、uh, of volunteers came up、uh, from Hokkaido, where we used to live. And they brought with them a karaoke machine. And so we went to a temporary housing area where they had a temporary meeting room and gathered people together who had lost everything, lost their jobs, lost their homes, many of them lost loved ones. And we had the most special evening together, singing songs to one another, being silly, and just forgetting all the, the hard things that they had gone through recently. And as I watched that scene taking place and seeing that, I realized. There is a power in music. Music has its own power. And I also realized through that experience that everyone has a song to sing. Now, we don't all sing from the playlist, same playlist, but we do sing. And that is what we're going to be talking about the next three weeks as we talk about the Psalms, which are basically a collection of sacred songs or hymns. And they reflect the mood or the emotions of the individual writers. There are psalms of fear, anger, thanks, doubt, sorrow, hope, guilt, confusion, joy, etc. Whatever feeling you can imagine you've had or will have 
whatever thoughts you have, there is a psalm that reflects those sentiments, and it is there for you to turn to in times of trouble. And the psalms remind us in a powerful way that God receives us where we're at. Wherever we're at, happy or sad, broken or got our act together, there is a song for you. And perhaps it is appropriate for me at this point today to introduce today's psalm with the words of another song that you may know. I was going to play it today for you, but copyright laws prohibited that. And I thought of for a moment about singing it to you, but I wanted you to stay here and be here for the entirety of the message. So instead, I'll just read the words to you. Help. I need somebody. Help. Not just anybody. Help. You know I need someone. Help. You've heard these words before. Uh, you may not be happy with me in a few days when you still have this song in your head and you're trying to get it out. But we know this is the songs for the, the Beatles. And John Lennon composed this song in 1965. Can you believe that? 1965. Some of us are getting older here, so we're not calling out names today. These are words of the song by Lennon, who was really looking for help then. They had just, Beatlemania was sweeping the world, and wherever they went, they lost their freedom. They lost control of their lives. Things were just overwhelming them, and it really was a song of a cry for help by John Lennon, ha having to deal with the new circumstances of life he now found himself in. But these words capture the cry from many people's hearts. They capture the cry of my heart, your heart. It is a common cry because we all need help. But who will help me? Who will help you? Well, one day a man traveling to Jerusalem stopped and asked himself a question. He asked, where does my help come from? Where does my help come from? It's like the Beatles song. And maybe the Beatles stole their idea from him. We'll never know. Uh, we can't talk to John Lennon anymore. But this is a good question. Where does my help come from? And you can almost feel the fear in his inquiry when he's asking that question. A man who is overcome by circumstances in life, and you feel the panic in his voice. He's like a karaoke singer alone on the stage with the light shining on him, paralyzed by fear. How would you answer this question? Where does your help come from? When you are deeply hurt by someone, where does your help come from? When you have trouble at work or lose your job, where does your help come from? When you don't have money to pay the bills, where does your help come from? When your children are crying and you're tired, where does your help come from? When you fail a test at school, where does your help come from? When you're sick and you can't get off the couch to do anything, where does your help come from? When you've fallen into the same sin that holds you in bondage, where does your help come from? When you're discouraged, depressed, frightened, lonely, where does your help come from? Where does your help come from? Well, I'd like to take the time this morning to answer this very important question through three other questions and kind of come at this question through three different angles. First question is, why do we ask this question? Or why did the psalmist ask it? Secondly, how do we usually answer this question? And then thirdly, how is this question answered in Psalm 121 as we go through it together? So I'd like for us to read Psalm 121 together. Before we do that, I'd like for you to just close your eyes now. Just silence your heart, close your eyes, and, and think for a moment, 
Where is it that you need help today? What is the cry of your heart? What circumstances are you in? Or what circumstances do you think you may be experiencing soon Will you will need help? And as we open our eyes now to read this together, I want you to say this psalm like it is a song in your heart, expressing your desire for help from the living God. So let's read Psalm 121, a song of ascents together. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. That is a song you can sing anytime you want to. And I hope it captures maybe some of the thoughts of your heart this morning. Well, the Beatles asked for help in their song. Who's going to help me? Who's going to help me in my problems, in my situation that I have? Who will help me? And the answer is obvious. We can't do everything. No, why do we ask this question? And the answer is obvious is that we can't do everything. We don't know anything. Why do we ask it? Because we can't control our own fates. We can't solve our own problems is why we ask that. For example, when I've been hurt, I can't easily forgive. I can't always meet the expectations of my boss, my coworkers. I don't always have patience, love, and kindness for my family, my children, my wife. I don't always have enough money to pay my bills. I may get sick. I may get hurt. I don't have enough time, energy, money to do all I want to do. I'm not Superman. I fail. I hurt. I'm weak. Who will help me? I feel alone on the stage with a microphone in my hand with no song to sing. But perhaps you do have a song to sing, and this psalm this morning reflects the song that you need to sing at this point in your life. Why does the psalmist ask this question? We don't know the name of this psalmist, Uh, the author, but we do know where he is going. Because this song is classified, or this psalm is classified as a song of ascents. And Jerusalem was a high place in the mountains. And in Jerusalem was located God's temple, and God's people were called there to worship on periodic times of the year, to gather together as the people of God to praise his name and honor him. And so people traveled from long distances to Jerusalem And it was located in a higher area, at a higher elevation. And so we had this collection of psalms that people imagining being with other people of God and worshiping God, their thoughts on him, and some of these psalms were composed on their journey to Jerusalem as they went upward, and they're classified as psalms of ascent. Psalms 120, 134, there are 15 of them. But according to verse 1, this author looks at the hills before him And he asks a question, where does my help come from? It's a simple question, but it's a very important question that I'd like for us to study together this morning. See, some Bible scholars think this man asked the question because he's worried about being attacked by robbers. It's a well-known fact that in the mountains is where the robbers and thieves would hang out, and they prey upon uh, weary travelers coming up 
and attack them and steal their possessions or sometimes cause them bodily harm. And maybe this guy, as he looked above, going up to Jerusalem, he's wondering what lay in the curve of the road before him. Are bad things going to happen to me? I've heard what happened to others. Will that happen to me today? And he is fearful. But other Bible scholars think this man is impressed by the beauty or the majesty of the mountains in front of him. Kind of like when Rowena and I were in Colorado for two years, and you couldn't help but look at the mountains and think about God and his power and his creativeness and the God who I worship, the God who cares for us. So therefore, the author may be comforted when he recalls the power of the creator and is greater than him. And this is a rhetorical question he's asking. And he sings in his heart, I lift up my eyes to the mountains in confidence, despite his fears. But we really don't know what he's worried about, but something is troubling him. We do know that he needs help. Well, the Beatles asked for someone to help them. We don't know who it was. Was it a friend? Was it a lover? Was it a relative? Was it a manager? But who will help me? How do we usually answer that question? And our typical answer is, my help comes from me. I will help myself. Now, we may not say this, and it may not be a conscious thought for us, but this is the way we often live. It's our default response. Now, if you're listening to what I said earlier, this seems contradictory because we already noticed that we seek help because we know we can't help ourselves. And it seems like, whoa. But then, even though we know that, we still turn to ourselves for help. We see ourselves as the solution to our own problems. Where does my help come from? I must help myself. I must solve my own problems, we typically think. I must work harder. I must try harder. I must study more. I must sleep less. I should plan more. My help comes from me is what lies under our thinking there. Now, the Japanese have this interesting custom. At the end of every year, they take a poll of the populace to ask them to choose what one word what Chinese character, or what we call kanji in Japanese, captures the essence of this year, things that have happened, or feelings of this year. And so they take this poll over here. It's always interesting to see the word that they choose. Well, in 1979, the Japanese chose the word dodoku. Dodoku means efforts or exertion. And that was chosen as the most popular word in 1979 in Japan. Because Japan admires the person who overcomes great difficulties and succeeds. That is the whole concept of dodoku, exerting effort and energy to get to your objective. It is, it is the common theme in anime or manga or legends and novels of the protagonist or hero or heroine who overcomes incredible odds and comes out on top because how hard they work, how hard they strove to get to that point. This is particularly popular, this word, in the world of sports in Japan. For example, in the 2000 Summer Olympics in Sydney, Naoko Takahashi won the gold medal in the marathon, the most prestigious event in the eyes of the Japanese, the marathon. And after she won the gold medal, she said this, I don't believe anyone could ever train harder than me. I have no husband or even a boyfriend. I have no time for such things. I must dodoku. And then there's a famous, probably the most famous sports figure in Japan, Sadaharu Oh, who hit 868 home runs, more than Babe Ruth, more than Barry Bonds, more than Hank Aaron. And every time Sadaharu Oh signs his name, even now as an old man, he writes the word Doryoku next to it. 
He thinks he set that baseball record through his own efforts and giving it all he had. Well, this is the same value that drives businessmen to work long hours without complaint in Japan. In fact, it kind of undergirds the Japanese society. It'll work hard, try harder, plan more. Give it all you've got, and you will come out on top. Who will help me? Many answer, I will help myself. I must doryoku. But this is not a thought unique to Japan. This resides in all of our hearts like a god waiting to get out in the idol that we worship before every day. And we need to be careful of this. Many think they can pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. My strength, my will, my talents, my intellect, my money will help me come out on top. But we know that's not true. And it's the second reason I'm wearing boots today. So, if you see I have boots here and bootstraps, and no matter how hard I pull on those bootstraps, I cannot elevate myself off this stage, can I? If I was sitting in a chair and tried to pull myself out of the chair using my bootstraps, that would not work. Let me put my jeans back down there so you'll not be distracted by that. But the point is, is that we cannot pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. It's a saying we use a lot, but it is physically impossible to do that. No amount of effort on our part can accomplish that. But more and more people realize that they cannot solve their own problems. They cannot pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Dodoku isn't enough. That's why many kids drop out of school, and adults are dropping out of the workforce in great numbers. That's why many people give up on relationships and just walk away. That is one of the reasons for the sharp increase of antidepressant drugs throughout our society now. And that's why many rack up debts they cannot repay, because we cannot help ourselves. We need help. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know, I need someone. Help. But who will help me? Well, the Beatles asked for help. Did you ever notice in the song, they don't give any answers? Kind of a cop-out. They ask for help, but they don't give any answers. So how is this question answered in Psalm 123? And the simple answer, but profound answer, is God will help me. The answer is God will help me. My help comes from the Lord is what the psalmist says. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He will help. He made the mountains, and I will sing to him. I will direct my thoughts to him, my knees to him, my heart to him. He is the only one that can help me in whatever I'm struggling with in life. And this God is, is also described in verse 3 as, who will not let your foot slip? He does not let our foot slip while walking in the mountains, dangerous paths. God will protect you. After two knee surgeries, a broken leg, a broken foot, and countless other times I've been on crutches, I now use hiking poles when I go mountain hiking. And it's not for the going up, it's going for the down, because I'm worried about slipping. And then we found out recently in winters and hiking in, this, in the wintertime in the mountains, there's ice on the trails. We had to put ice cleats on the bottom of our shoes to keep from falling down. And God is described as the, as the one who keeps us from slipping in life. Despite all the perils and challenges we face, he is the one who will go with us, and he will not let your foot slip. But another metaphor is used in verse, five, verse 4 to describe God. It says, he will not slumber. We've all seen the TV shows or movies where the sentries posted that the camp fall asleep. And the bad guys get into the camp to rob and plunder or cause harm. God does not slumber. God sees all. God knows all. God is aware of your needs. 
and cares for you and will help you. And then there's a wonderful promise in verse 5. For us as Texans, it says, God, the Lord is your shade. Don't you wish you had a shade tree wherever you're going and walking out from your car after church on a hot summer day? You go out to the field and you see the shade tree in the middle of the, the pasture when you're hot. You naturally gravitate towards that and you want to stay under it and not leave. God is considered to be our shade. He will provide care for us and shelter. And that is the theme of of Psalm 121, particularly verses 5 through 8. Let me just read those to you again. Back here. It says, The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. A number of years ago, when we as a family were hiking into the Grand Canyon, I realized that we needed protection. The sun was very hot that day. We had minimal water with us. And I looked around. There was no McDonald's, no Starbucks, no 24-hour urgent care place uh, down in the gorge that I could see. The trails were dangerous in places. It was a long way to the bottom, and we needed stamina to return. And there was no hospitals, doctors, ambulances on the trail. And I could lift up my eyes to the hills as we got deeper and deeper into the Grand Canyon and ask, where does my help come from? And you realize it's a metaphor for life. Wherever we're at and whatever struggle we have, whatever challenges before us, however difficult it may be, where does our help come from? And so we declare in faith that as we lift up our eyes, not to the mountains, but to God, my help comes from God. And that must be our default response. Interesting enough, the word keep and protect appears six times in Psalm 121, depending upon the version that you use. God promises to keep and protect those who trust him. But this is not a problem. This is not a promise to solve all our problems. God is not like a vending machine and you put in the right money, say the right words, do the right actions, and God will deliver the goods for you. Neither is God a lottery machine where you put in all your effort, put in what you want to, and you don't know what's going to come out, and we are victims of fate. No. God uses my problems to help me grow. Is what he said. The scriptures teach us time and time again. They help me depend upon him because my problems have a purpose. God cares about my problems and I can trust him. God is a God who provides. So we must remember that we cannot keep, we cannot protect our own lives. Dodioku isn't enough because you can put on a life preserver and still drown. You can have a fire extinguisher, but our house can still burn down. You can study for a test and still fail. You can fasten your safety belt and still get hurt in a car wreck. We can exercise, eat the right foods, and still get sick. We cannot always protect ourselves, and we can't always help ourselves. So like the psalmist, we must cry out, who will help me? God will. Therefore, we must trust him. We must seek him. We must obey him. This should be our default response. But unfortunately, we forget that this is how we should be responding to God. Oftentimes in Japan, I have asked the church planner or a church leader to have a, a, a dedication for a newborn baby or a young child rather than take them to the Shinto shrine or to the Buddhist temple or to dedicate a new house that's just been built. And I'm very happy to do that. But whenever I have those dedication ceremonies, I always read a portion of Psalm 127, another song of ascent. And it goes like this. Unless the Lord builds the house... 
The builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Let me ask you this morning, are you trying to build your own house? Not literally, of course, but metaphorically. Are you trying to guard your own city? Are you working long hours with little sleep? Are you toiling desperately to get ahead? That is described here as vanity. You cannot do it. You cannot pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Instead, we are exhorted like the psalmist to look up to the mountains, to the creator of heaven and earth. That is where you must turn to for help. And the theme of the Psalms that we learn the next few weeks, and you look at any Psalm, is look upward. Look to God. Turn your focus to Him. Take your feelings, your circumstances, your joy, your pain, your hard times, your good times to Him. And lift them up like a psalm to God in hope and faith in the midst of fear and despair. You have a psalm to sing. And God is an audience of one who delights in listening to your song and caring for you in ways you can never imagine. Well, we have an important day coming up in a couple of months, and that is Mother's Day. And when we ask the question, who will help me, it's natural to think of a mother, isn't it? When we think of the word dodioku, we may imagine a mother. Mothers make many sacrifices for their families. They're selfish, patient, love getting up in the middle of the night to do things, doing things when they're tired and don't feel like it. I'm thankful for the mothers here, for my own mother, and the mother I was married to who did an amazing job raising our three children. But the truth of the matter is mothers need help too, and mothers cannot solve all our problems. Now, I'm going to probably date myself here, what I'm going to say, but when I was a child, one of my favorite TV shows was I Dream a Genie. If you admit it, I'm sure most of you admit to watching it. It was a comedy about an astronaut who discovered a bottle with a genie in it. And according to legend, a genie is supposed to grant the wishes of the bottle's owner. But this is not an ordinary genie. This genie was a beautiful woman. And she did grant the wishes of her master, but usually in ways that created problems, which is why we watched it week after week to see what silly thing genie will do How will she get her master in trouble? And we all need help. So many of us do turn to God for help. But we must remember when we turn to God for help, he is not a mom. He is not a genie. God will not give us all we want. God will not fulfill all our desires. God does not exist to serve us. But instead, we exist to serve God. And this is an important part of the equation of turning to God for help. The God who made the mountains does care deeply about you. He made you. He knows you. He loves you. He will help you. But you must seek him. You must serve him. You must trust him. You must sing your heart to God wherever you're at, whatever feelings are on your heart for that day. And I don't know what kind of help you need today. But if you need help, there will be elders afterwards here to meet with you, to listen to your needs and to pray with you. But you must begin by looking up. And at this church, we believe in a God who is powerful, who helps those who seek him. 
The Beatles sang, help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Help. And the psalmist answers, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. In just a few minutes, John Perez will be leading us in communion. And communion represents the greatest help we could ever receive, where God intercedes in the affairs of man to provide them the real help they need through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who dies on the cross for our sins. So we might have a relationship with this amazing God who created the mountains and that we might have forgiveness of sin and spend eternity with him and have a purposeful life here on earth. That is the work of the cross and the help that we really need. And if you've never received that help, let me invite you to do so today, to come to one of the elders, come to a staff member, myself, or a close friend, and they will explain the way of help to you that you need. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. This is a song we can all sing to God, but be sure to include this on your playlist every day and offer up to God as you're honest with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your help. We thank you that as weak and broken creatures, that you do not despise us, instead you love us. And you meet us where we are. And so, Father, whatever song people are singing today in their hearts, may you be with them. May you provide them the help they need. May you minister to them. May they draw to you in deeper ways and lean into you and trust you as the only God and the one who will bring joy, purpose in this life and in the life to come. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.